Greetings, this is Bart Berkey, CEO and co-founder of Most People Don't, a motivational storytelling company that encourages people to do what most people don't in order to get increased results and greater differentiation. Welcome to the podcast, Most People Don't But You Do. It's stories and conversations about the benefits received and the fulfillment enjoyed by doing what most people don't. Today, I have the pleasure from my perspective of someone that epitomizes the most people don't philosophy. It is Gail Blowney Olofsson. She is a national speaker, author, adjunct professor, humanitarian, career coach, sales and marketing executive, and also a very dear friend. Gail, welcome to my podcast. Thank you, Bart. You yeah. are one of the best things to come out of COVID and the pandemic. We may have never met, and I'm so blessed to know you and be here this morning. But that, that means the world to me, and it is certainly an interesting story about how we met, and I'm not being self-serving and sharing this, but can you tell me at least how, you, how we met, right? Share, the, share with the listeners how we met. I love the story of how we met, and every time you grace our classroom with your presence and mentor the students, I love sharing the story. I'm sitting here at my desk, flashback a little over a year ago, listening to a PCMA webinar of Bruce Berkey. Oh, I just said Bruce. Yeah, that's uh -oh. all right. We're going to edit that to... out. Okay. <laughs> you know, I have a friend, anyway, we'll edit that out, of Bart Berkey. So I'm sitting here a year, over a year ago at my computer, and I'm typing away on one, and I'm listening to you on the other talk about we can survive anything for a year. And this was for the PCMA mm -hmm. conference, which is pretty prestigious. And I'm listening, I'm like thinking, what is this guy, Bart, anything for a year? And then all of a sudden I stop writing on the other computer and I just look, I watch you. Who is this man? And I did what most people don't. I wrote to you, I sent you a LinkedIn. And I said, Mr. Berkey, mm -hmm. absolutely loved your podcast. Would welcome the opportunity to meet you, if you're not too busy. And then you wrote back what most people don't. Gail would love to have a call. And because of that move, you have mentored hundreds of students in a year, unselfishly, without compensation. Just, I guess the compensation is how full your heart is when you end, when you leave the classroom. So you were phenomenal, phenomenal. No, well, thank you. And, you know, Gail, I guess things happen for a reason. And I think the same thing of how you've been incorporated into my life because of that. And naturally anyone that that likes the message that sends me a note, I better be responding because I'm teaching other people that you better respond. Most people don't follow up. So you better respond, but that your, um, your enthusiasm really made my day. And then you have been not only a friend, but a mentor in the speaking world and with suggestions and referrals. So, you know, I'm very grateful for that. Um, I'm going to jump right into a couple of questions, because as I read your title off of LinkedIn, national speaker, author, adjunct professor, humanitarian career coach, sales and marketing executive, you have a lot of different balls in the air at all times. Um, I, I know you're also extremely um, family oriented with your husband and with your son, and we can get into that conversation next. But first of all, how are you able to manage so many things at the same time, that's the first question. There's a quote by Richard Branson about how work is life and life is work. 
and we can intermingle it all. He doesn't define life as life and work as work. I've been blessed to work for a company for over 30 years now that allows me or gives me, what would the right word be? They just give me- Freedom? Yeah, there's, yeah, the autonomy. That's what I was looking for. Freedom and autonomy to do other things and guess what happens. It brings more business back to our company. So if I'm speaking, I work full-time for Newport Restaurant Group, which is a hospitality company we've produced in my three decades here, over 2,000 events, which is a lot. But the best part is we have raised millions of dollars for nonprofits while raising millions of dollars for our company. So right there, number one, it's purpose in coming to work. You have purpose. But then when I started speaking, quote unquote, by accident, a little over 20 years ago, all of a sudden the speaking clients became Newport Restaurant Group clients or vice versa. It was very interesting. And then through volunteering, which I've been doing and you've been doing since we were under 10 years old, you just meet the most beautiful people in the world, both the people you're serving and the people you're serving with. So God, that's three of the things. Writing, I love to write, you love to write. Mm -hmm. So it just becomes life and family is in pen. Family is in pen on my calendar. Absolutely in pen. Yeah, and that's um, that's what I also noticed about you. First of all, you know, you're you're giving back as a humanitarian, which we are going to talk about also. And just as you described that work is life and like life is work, it's all things that you're passionate about. And I will joke with you about this. You have three or four different email addresses. And what's cool about you, Gail, is that you're going to respond to each and every single one of you. And that really kind of sums up how you're able to do so many things and what you do in the integration of work with life, because it doesn't matter if I send you uh, your to your Gmail account or your Gail Speaks account or your Newport Hospitality email account. It doesn't matter what the subject is or what the message is it all coincides. So isn't that kind of an interesting summary for you? I love that. I never thought of that. I do have a different email for each part of my life. Yeah, but but you don't separate them. It no. doesn't matter. I could email you Newport Hospitality Group with a speaking lead. I could email you an opportunity for Newport Hospitality Group to your Gmail account, and it doesn't matter. You have been able to integrate those things together, which I think is really, really phenomenal. Well, thank you. It's It works. It just works. And you know what it comes down to in the end? what we both know, it comes down to people. Mm. And as long as you and I, and the people in our circle, you know who they are, because we both surround ourselves with wonderful people. I love to what I call bless and release people who just might be toxic mm -hmm. or have negativity. I just get the danger Will Robinson off their body, unless they're a family member and then they have to stay in your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but to a point, um, but it comes down to the people and how can we go out every single day, seriously with the mantra, God, I am so grateful for all my gifts. How can I go out today and share them? And saying that with humility mm -hmm. versus arrogance, show me and keep me open to yeah. who can I help today? Okay, so first of all, outstanding. Most people don't have that philosophy. And I know you have the philosophy of abundance and you put it out there and you give, and even before we started hitting record, we were having conversations like that. So Gail, how did you get to become that way? What influenced you to make you who you are. My mom and my dad, particularly my mom, because we could not complain. 
Growing up, we were not we allowed to complain. Mom, I have a pimple on my face. She brought us to the cancer home and we volunteered. She's like, you're gonna, I'd like to say she made us volunteers. We got to volunteer. So we, she would bring us there and you'd see people without, with problems, you know, with their nose half removed or big yeah. skin cancers. And like, you're gonna go in there and volunteer. You're gonna wash dishes, clear their plates, help them eat, play a game of cards. So that's my earliest memory. If we complained about anything or, oh my gosh, we're so cold, mom. We forgot to pack a better coat on this vacation. Do you wanna go on the next vacation? And I don't mean this in a negative way. She is so positive, but she wasn't gonna let us complain about trivial things. Mm. There are two, you know, we're very, very positive, but I'm conscious of being, I'm conscious of what has been coined toxic positivity, mm. where you say, oh my gosh, Gail, I lost my job. And I'll say, well, another job's on the horizon. Um, you'll be fine. No, that's not what you want to hear. When people say, I lost my job or something has happened, they just want you to listen. And so, you know what? Let me know how I can help you. It's not always with positivity about being Pollyanna and unrealistic, but my mother taught us complaining is unattractive. Yeah. And I like what you just said. And I, I had not heard that toxic positivity, but the aspect of how can I help you, right? Just something as simple as how can I help you and to listen and in sales. And we've all been taught this. You have two ears and you have one mouth. Why? to be able to listen <laughs> instead of speak all the time. And, and you know, just what's interesting, as you said that, Gail, reminded me, and I'll share this with you, you know, celebrated my birthday earlier this week. And um, I have had a, a unique situation with one of my sisters for many years in which we don't always talk. We don't always communicate. And I found out that she has subscribed. She's getting my newsletters that I'm sending out. And on my birthday, I get a very simple message from her that said, happy birthday, brother. And I responded, responded back. Thank you, sister. And that's all that it took in the other follow up was, let me know if I can help you. That's it. And I, I, I can't even and I can't even delete that email because it means so much to me that she reached out. And that's the first time in probably a year that she reached out to me via email. So I like your message. You don't always need to correct people or tell them what to do. Well, you know, you, you, have you done this to look for a different job? Have you done this to correct your situation, but simply to listen. And as you said, how can I help you? Yes. And what I used to do pre-COVID, I will start doing it again once we can sit close and we're all vaccinated or whatever we choose to do. Not everyone's pro-vaccination. So whatever we choose to do. But if, as soon as I heard one of our clients or friends lost a job, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, heard it through the grapevine, and you've done this, I'd reach out and I'd say, when can we meet? When can I take you to lunch or coffee? Yeah. Come, or do you want to come sit near me at my desk? And if my thigh touches you by accident, please bring it to my attention. It's not intentional. I just want you to, and I say that with a smile and a wink. Mm -hmm. What I mean is we're sitting so close going through my LinkedIn. Yeah. Who can I introduce you to? Wow. Who can I introduce you to right now? Because I don't want to say, hey, Bart, I'm going to introduce you to these three people and then not do it. That's very unattractive. And most people do that. Oh, I'm going to help you with this, help you with that. And then they don't. It is not always intentional. In my case, if I've ever done that, I forgot. So I tell students, I tell friends, please remind me. But I loved having people come sit right here. I'm slapping my thigh. Let's go. Let's, we're going to spend, we're going to focus on this for a half hour. Hmm. 
we're going to be looking at LinkedIn on one computer and on the other, I'm going to be introducing you. So it, it just worked. Yeah, no, that's extremely, it, it is extremely kind. And I just learned this uh, the other day and we're talking about like human interaction as an example. So one, not only did you pick up the phone and you called someone, two, you scheduled time, three, if safely meeting was appropriate, that's what you did. My daughter just shared with me that there is a, I think it's a new website or an app that allows you to go into essentially a room, a virtual room and um, view other people that are working because we are missing that human interaction so much. So it is other college students that are simply like this, heads down on their laptop, but at least you can see other people that are doing what you were doing in that same type of situation. And supposedly just knowing that other people are doing what you're doing instead of looking at a screen and the work that you also know that someone else is doing exactly what you're doing, supposedly will encourage certain folks to be able to do things. Just a unique, unique situation, I guess. When you mentioned that, this morning I taught one of my favorite topics and I taught it to a bank. It's called Eat a Frog for Breakfast, 10 Tips to More Time for You. Because it's all about eating. Like that means about doing your hardest task first. Mm-hmm. However, when we got to point number five, got a minute, that was the one that everyone in an audience would roll their eyes. Oh, all the distractions all day, people coming in, do you have a minute? Do you have a minute? Water cooler, copy or chit chat. Mm. And today I asked, type into chat, if you miss gutta minutes, those interruptions, Wow. everyone wrote in, because this particular bank, they're still working from home. They're actually thinking of not having an office again, or at least as large an office. So they were typing in yes. And one wrote in, I miss my cube mates, the Mm. energy of my cube mates, but they all missed their gutta minutes and those interruptions that can be so productive. Yeah. So what have you seen to be a, a solution to that? And I'll put it into context. I had a conversation earlier this morning with another customer and his concern was there are people that are new to positions. There are people that are new to certain teams that have never met each other face to face, nor have they been in an office environment because they've been working virtually. So they don't really know what the culture is. Do you have any ideas for temporarily, because we know things are getting better, but what's a temporary solution to find that connectivity with others? Any ideas? Well, one of them is what a lot of corporations are doing is to keep these seminars going. Mm whether it's bringing in you or many other speakers that David Riederman represents, bringing in a speaker that unifies and ensuring that that speaker, and I'm not saying this in a self-serving way, but this is what was happening this morning. A lot of people on this call didn't know each other yet. Mm-hmm. So as they're typing in different habits or different ways they snap out of a bad mood or activities they like to do in their free time, they're all writing back and forth to each other. Oh, you like baseball too? Oh, you like to go running? The other thing is when you, like last night I went to Harvard. I didn't really go to Harvard. Mm -hmm. My friend, Larry Golko runs the Harvard CEO Roundtable. It's outstanding. Mm -hmm. And it always features three or four executives that you learn from. And it's Mm -hmm. always been in person. Mm -hmm. This year it's not. So what I'll do is I'll screenshot some of the other um, people there. And if they're commenting and making interesting um, comments throughout um, the session, I'll reach out to them at another point. Not every single one of them, maybe one or two. I'll do this when I'm speaking at conferences. 
you do too. Like, is see who are the other speakers and reach out and introduce myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and social media has really allowed us when you use it properly to be able to make those connections, to be able to comment on things, to be able to support, to endorse, to share. And, and I think the content continues to get even even better. Um, where are you finding your content that you're sharing, not only with your Newport Hospitality customers, but your speaking customers, your students at University of Rhode Island? How, how are you finding content? How I, I find content in many different ways. First is through our clients. In my work at Newport Restaurant Group, I focus on, for the most part, the Newport International Boat Show. Mm-hmm. So our clients are blue chip from Helly Hansen to Oris Watch to BMW. And then we have um, smaller companies as well. So as soon as COVID happened, instead of reaching out saying, hey, your contract's due mm-hmm. or your check is late, it was more, how are you? How's your family? This is not unique to me. We're from the hospitality yeah. business bar. I worked for resorts and cruise lines before this. So I'm, I'm a dinosaur. Started at age five. Yeah. But, but this is not unique to Gail Olofsson or to Bart Berkey. People in the hospitality business we know reach out, really care about people. That's one thing about our industry. What are you watching on Netflix? And then always education. What's a podcast you're listening to? What's something you've learned? And I sit there and I do. Here's the notebook. I take notes. I take notes for notes. And I listen. And then I'll come back and share this information with the students. So I feel like I'm learning. I'm not even feel like I know I'm learning all day long. One, through the clients. Two, through the classroom. Three, through the textbooks that I have to read. And four, through new content on the web, because I cannot, I started teaching 20 years ago. What I taught 20 years ago is, for the most part, obsolete. Obsolete. Except for one thing, Bart, one thing that you talk about in your book, your wonderful book, Most People Don't and Why You Should. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you an example. What is it? What am I talking about? What's one big thing you talk about? What don't people send after an interview? or getting a gift. What don't they send? Yeah, they don't send handwritten notes. They don't send a thank you note or a thank you email. Sometimes you don't know if they got the gift. So most, and I'm not worried about the thank you. I just want to know, did it get there? So that's another thing. Most people don't. And go ahead. And and, you know, well, you know, asking you about that, the, the, the content question, and it really just came to me that you continue to learn from other people. And if you learn something from, in, in my, am I saying Newport Hospitality? Oh, no, Newport Restaurant Group, but that's okay. We are a hospitality company. Okay, Newport Restaurant Group, my apologies. Something that you learn from Newport Restaurant Group, you can then share with your Gale Speaks customers. And things that you learn when you talk to other speakers or your speaking customers, you're there sh- then sharing with your University of Rhode Island students or your Selva Regina classes. I-, I mean, that's really so, you know, what I'm so impressed with you is that you are always seeking to learn. You're asking questions. You don't really like getting complimented for what you're doing, but you're always giving and giving, which is just phenomenal. Um, when you're talking about the the thank you notes, um, so I, I think I shared with you, I coach volleyball, high school volleyball. And these are the things that, you know, my birthday the other day, these are the things, separate handwritten note cards from every oh. single one of my players. 
Now, along that is also saved a birthday card from my mother, and I'll share with you, right? My mother always writes notes and draws pictures, and yes, lucky to include a couple of checks, but those are the things that are most meaningful. From your students, what you've been able to teach them, I have um, a stack of handwritten note cards from your URI students and it means the world to me. And I did a TikTok the other day. I don't know if you showed it or I did. saw it, but it, it was, um, I got three things in the mail. Two of them were handwritten notes from URI students and one was a check. What was I most excited about? Money, yes, is important, but I was most excited and I opened up the two handwritten notes first from your students. So um, that was just a comment, but the question is, what makes you different as a faculty, as an instructor, as a teacher for your students? What makes you so unique that people are signing up for your class, even if they don't need credit, which is phenomenal? What makes you different? I'm a pragmatic optimist that believes in people. And the reason I'm saying that is that that's what one of, I have many bosses at the university. I call it, say bosses in quotes because I love getting direction from the different people I work with and for in different departments. And one of them recently said, you are a pragmatic optimist. Mm. You care about people. I always send, and you've seen some of my students, I always say, I should say, please send me the students with difficulties. Yes, I want the A's. I want the ones who excel. But send me over, refer to the students to me who you don't want. The students with disabilities. The students who are really struggling in life. Students who are depressed. Because our class, by me teaching the curriculum, and you and other wonderful guest speakers coming in to amplify that life is worth living, and you will find a job. And you're not always going to find a job you love right away. But part of finding that job you love is your mindset. So if in one semester, we can adjust the mindset just a little bit through me and the speakers, most of the students take another class and another class and another class. We have to put them under different numbers oh, because you're not allowed to take COM 351 three times. <laughs> so. Sorry, sorry. Hopefully I didn't give away any secrets, but I... I just yeah. know that you are wildly popular. And then often after you share with the students uh, everything that you can possibly share to make them better people and better professionals and better future professionals, that they stay in touch with you and yeah. then they support you. And if they can hire you to be a speaker, if they can buy your books and we'll, we'll get in touch, uh, we'll, we'll share a little bit more about your book here soon. But um, it's just, it's quite remarkable about the the loyalty that they have to Gail Olofsson? Well, some of them, the, one, the ones who don't get good grades because I'm not a pushover, they may not like Gail Olofsson, but I'd like to help them not get that bad grade. Yeah. yeah. Um, when, we, when we started the conversation, Gail, we also talked about, you know, the multiple things that you're working on. And uh, the other aspect was, I know family is critically important to you. And when you said that they're in pen, I'm assuming that they're not in pencil, so you cannot erase time with them. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do to ensure quality time with your husband, with your son, and with any other family members? What do you do? Well, pre-COVID, and now we're starting again, I emulated what my mom used to do. My dad was an orthodontist. He's also a humanitarian, but she'd go right into his office, take the calendar out, and put in pen when we were going on vacation. 
So right now, my husband and I have penned four business trips that we're both going on, and we're going to go on them together and arrange business for each other around that. And that gave us something to look forward to. Now, those are business trips that we can turn into fun as well, because we'll have each other for dinner at night, walks in the morning, that type of thing. So planning vacations, planning girls' nights. My girlfriends are extremely important to me. So making sure that every month we're getting together and we've been doing it through Zoom. And that's like a big group of us and then one-on-ones. Making sure I walk with my sisters every morning and talk to them. So they live in one, they both live in Connecticut and I'm in Rhode Island. So we walk and talk on the phone. So we're walking and talking in the morning and I have to time it because my husband wants to walk in the morning too. So I've got to do time it. Here's John's time. Here's Jennifer's time. And then here's Marilyn's time. So it's, I don't, I actually don't really have too much of a problem with my weight because I'm out there walking a lot. (laughs) It's a a joke. We all struggle as we get older with that. And then how about with your son? Oh my gosh. He's part of that putting the family in pen. I'm sorry. I didn't mention that we are big vacation people. I know you are too. Mm -hmm. And I, that's probably from the travel and hospitality business. So at least a minimum of quarterly vacations, whether they're one week, 10 days, four days. And Again, I've been fortunate to work for Newport Restaurant Group, which was formerly called Newport Harbor Corporation. We just rebranded about a year ago, year and a half ago. So I was very fortunate. We were fortunate that we all got enough vacation. Our president, our leader believes in personal time. That not a lot of people get to do that. We, we almost have unlimited vacation to a point because he believes it's very, very healthy for you. And my direct boss is like that as well. And it certainly is right that that balance, which leads to another question about are you ever able to turn things off? Yes. Yeah. Do you know what my secret is right now? Tell me. Oh, it's so naughty. Tell us. It's a naughty secret, but it just started during COVID. I watch at least one hour of Netflix four days a week. Okay. At night. And I could be a binger. So the way I do turn things off now is I used to be the one I'd watch the news and then say, okay. We got to plan this. We got to do this. You know, on and on and on. No, I can completely shut off, especially for Jamie and Claire and Outlanders. For any of those, <laughs> for anyone watching Outlanders. Uh, yeah, that uh, was going to be my question. Okay, that's Outlander. I should say. I keep saying Outlanders. My husband's like, it's Outlander. It's one <laughs> woman, Jamie. She's the out. I mean, um, Claire. She's the Outlander. Okay. And I love Schitt's Creek because, I, like you, I love to laugh. Yes. I laugh all day long. So I shut it off and I shut it off with music. I also, in the morning, when I walk into this office, there's either a podcast in my ears or um, Bruno Mars' Uptown Funk. Mm-hmm. I walk mm-hmm. right in, like all psyched for life. Mm-hmm. And then I kiss this desk and say, thank you. Thank you for jobs and careers that I love, that I cannot wait to get in here. And today I'm walking into contracts. This is not a sexy day, mm-hmm. but I'm going to just kind of put a little blessing over these contracts and said, let's get through these because happy things happen after the contracts are signed. Yeah. That, that leads to revenue, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. And aren't we so fortunate to have contracts? We are fortunate for sure. And Gail, there's, um, let me shift gears just a little bit before I I get to your humanitarian aspect. Um, Recently with the whole most people don't philosophy, it's encouraging people to do and certainly you are doing things that most people are not doing. It's making a big difference. Another recent thing that we have incorporated when we're talking to different people, and this would be helpful for the listeners, 
is imagine that there are things that you want to do. You are determining the things that you want to do. I want to learn a second language. I want to volunteer more. Um, I want to travel. And then there's things that you need to do, things that you need to do for um, government, where you live, you need to obey the law, you need to pay taxes, things that you need to do for your work, things, to need, things that you need to do for your customers. And then what I've been talking about recently is the should do's. And the should do's are not necessarily being determined from anyone else. It's all internal. It's what I know I should do because it's either good for me, there's benefits to others, but things that I know I should do that I have not had a chance yet to do. Are it, when I just simply ask that question, what are your should do's that you have not had a chance yet to do? On a selfish basis, mm -hmm. write a second book. Okay. I love writing. And when I wrote my book, it took four years. My book is called Your Someday Is Now. What are you waiting for? I want to shake people. What are you waiting for? Let's go. It took me five years because I would write between five and seven in the morning. This is when we were producing you know, hundreds of events during the summer, including concerts, we were busy. And the opposite of writer's block that people have when they're writing a book, because I knew at seven o'clock, I had to shut that off, get in the shower and get into work for eight. Now that's replaced with talking with my sisters, exercising and starting my day with spirituality as well. I'm a big fan of Matthew Kelly. I'm reading a book right now. Let me pick it up here called Amazing Possibilities. Mm -hmm. And I start my day with that and it really clears my head before I do, before I even put the news on. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to be writing a second book, but my real should is to even block more time for family. Throughout okay. COVID, I've been spending, I've been blessed to spend time with family. I've been blessed to see my parents. They live close by, blessed to see my aging aunt and my aging mother-in-law, mm -hmm. blessed to see my friends, whether it's on Zoom or in person, standing on a porch in the cold, far away from each other. Yeah. Just but your but your should do is to spend more time with family is what your should do is. I think yeah, the book is my selfish should do. Mm -hmm. What's it really going to help in the end? Mm -hmm. um, maybe yeah. some people. Maybe yeah, no, and it's and it's so interesting. And I, I share a chart when I speak is that there are the should dos are right in the middle between the ones are going to have great benefit because you are determining it. If you don't do it, the consequences of not doing something of not doing what you want, it's not really going to hurt much. Compare that to the needs, right? The needs are all about, there's great benefits because you need to do it. And if you don't do it, there's some pretty negative consequences. But as you just talked about the should do's, there are great benefits. You are gonna feel amazing if you are able to write a second book. If you don't write a second book, there's really no negative consequences you should spend more time with family. If you can, you are going to feel great because you have completed it. You're making them feel good. You're feeling good yourself. However, the negative consequences of not spending more time with relatives could be severe moving forward. And I guess the whole point is how can we remind ourselves to get the should do's done? How are you going to remind yourself now that you made this statement to thousands of listeners on this podcast, millions of millions of listeners on this <laughs> podcast, how are you going to remind yourself, one, that you want to, you should do a second book, and you should spend more time with relatives? It's, it's easy. I'm, oh. a big believe, I'm a big believer in bundling, the way the phone company bundles. I'm a big believer in bundling. So bundling time. 
taking my mother-in-law shopping to the grocery store, spending time together doing something like that, or taking my aunt this afternoon to her doctor's appointment, not having her go alone, even though she could, mm -hmm. meeting her there, taking notes for her and appreciating the time together. Um, dinner tonight with my parents, but I've coupled that with a surprise for them. My <laughs> favorite cousin will be there. We, I have over a hundred cousins and this is my favorite one. Oh wow. boy. Now, now I'm in trouble. Oops. Um, but okay. I'll say it's my, well, no, it's my I'm going to edit again. <laughs> no, no editing. And this will, these are important things. And, but in the morning I'm getting up again and blocking out time to be with my dad because he loves to do what he calls his haunts where we go shopping all through Fall River, Massachusetts to Letty's Bakery and Sam's Lebanese, um, <laughs> pies in Patsy's pierogies and all what his haunts of childhood were. And we load up on groceries and then I'll bring them to other people or cook when our son comes over. He comes over one day a week because he wants to. Mm. He'll come and work from our home now. He loved it during COVID. So now he'll come in and work one day from home. There's no better gift than that. Yeah. So I will continue to pen in time with my family, time with my friends. Yeah, that that boy, you just nailed it. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now, Gail, seriously, because I think that is an incredible solution. It's bundling. So the should do's, I should write a second book, you are now possibly going to bundle that time when your son comes over and he does his work, perhaps you're going to sit down next to him. And instead of doing speaking work, or Newport group work, you're going to do book work, perhaps for you. Right? Yes. And then the bundling of spending more time with relatives is you need to do shopping anyway. So you might as well do it with your father. You might as well do it with your cousins. You, you know, you're going somewhere anyway. You are walking and exercising and talking to your sisters. You are bundling. And I just think that that is a brilliant way of getting things done in a much simpler way. Like I have a goal. One of my should do's is to become a better dog owner, right? I want to make sure that I'm a better dog owner. And it might sound like a Silly thing. I want to make sure that I'm a better son. I want to make sure that I'm a better husband to my wife, a better father to my kids, a better coach to my volleyball players. So the bundling aspect was just making me think is that I can be a better dog owner by walking my dogs and paying attention to them. But I can also be on the phone call with my mother checking in my 85 year old mother. So I'm bundling two things at once. And perhaps I'm walking to a destination that I needed to get to anyway. Um, oh my gosh, you just gave me and our listeners so many ideas. Uh, and when you and I meet for our monthly meeting, yeah, we're usually walking and talking. At least I am. So yeah. you walk too. Yes. We can write it all down and follow up later. Oh, like dear. a walk and talk. Uh, amazing. Your mind, your mind's clearer when yes. you're when you're walking. Yeah, great suggestions, and I'm sure our listeners will definitely appreciate it. Um, the, Gail, the last official thing that I wanted to ask you about is the humanitarian side. Um, you are one of the most unselfish people I have ever seen. I know you live by the philosophy of abundance. If it's going to help you, if I can help someone else, it's going to help. It's going to help me perhaps in the long run. Can you tell us a little bit about your book, why it is so special to you and how it has helped so many people in other parts of the world? Um, I wrote my book. Your Sunday is now, what are you waiting for? Which is not, by the way, available on Amazon yet. And the reason is, is 100% of the sales, not the profit, the sales, I eat the printing. 100% of the sales benefit nonprofit organizations. This morning, we are up to $44,000. Yesterday, we were $42,000 because I got a $2,000 corporate 
gift and they're going to make their donation to the Martin Luther King Center, which is I'm on the board and I've been volunteering there forever. So that to me has a spring in my step all day. But I wrote the book as a gift to our son, Samuel, because I said to my husband, John, I am never going to be Sam's teacher. I didn't know. He, he, he went to a separate university than the one I taught him, but he did take my summer and winter course. I never knew he was going to do that. <laughs> um, so I said, I'm never going to be Sam's teacher. So I want to put all these teachings in a book and interview clients and interview friends. So there's over a hundred interviews from other people, some agreeing with me, some disagreeing. I work on airplanes. If it's business, I work on airplanes. My, good, my college roommate, Margie, she will never work on an airplane. No matter what time of day it is, she orders a good stiff drink, grabs some junk magazines and reads. And she owns a successful um, PR agency in Manhattan. <laughs> so she's doing something right. So I, I joke because people, um, the way people read the book is how they interpret. Some will like what I have to say, some will disagree, but it makes you think. The bet, and I wrote it because I wanted to write it as a gift for Samuel, who looked at me at age 12 and said, mom, you keep saying you're gonna write a book. Nothing begins until you start. Mm -hmm. And if you move forward, if you skin your knee, at least you're moving forward, right? Oh, I love that one. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I was writing it, some of the most sage advice I received, I love was a few things, always be the calmest person in the room, mm -hmm. be the grown up in the room, that's from the president of Amica Insurance. Mm -hmm. Don't, this is not your practice life. It's a real deal, huh? Get out there and live. This is not our practice life. And one of my favorites is take a power nap every day for 20 minutes mm -hmm. and get up ready to kick some ASS. Mm -hmm. That's from the president of Narragansett Beer. <laughs> <laughs> and our president says, clean your desk once a decade. Oh. Sometimes I subscribe to that. <laughs> What your someday is now really means an awful lot. It's not your practice life. You know, don't, you, you know, don't wait for the afterlife. Don't wait until you're gone. And then also, you know, my own personal experiences, don't wait till you have a heart attack to change anything. If you, if there are things that you know that you should do, you should do it now. And Gail, now that it is on my radar about you're wanting to write a second book, I will definitely remind you every day if I need to, I'm gonna check in on you when we have our monthly calls. I'm gonna make sure that I ask you that question. I will help hold you accountable because this is what I think is critically important is that you have so many amazing messages to share. And while your first book, your Someday Is Now, really talks on the philosophy of others the other hundred people that you had interviewed. And um, that that was, again, a way of not promoting yourself. It was promoting others and promoting the other ideas of others. So I am looking forward to your second book. I will do my best to support you because you have so many incredible ideas, ways of looking at things, the, the encouraging positivity that I think the world needs to definitely hear. And I do want to mention, Bart, when you talk about abundance and the abundance mentality, it comes from being grateful. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful that at 19 years old, I had the opportunity to really amplify humanitarian work because we had worked local in the soup kitchen, local with literacy volunteers, local on events, local so important. But when I got on a plane with my dad and flew to Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and got off that plane, to what was gonna end up my father and mother starting the Haitian Health Foundation, offering an umbrella of care to over 250,000 people a year. That was life altering. 
living and feeling and sensing and being with the poorest of the poor, the poorest people in the Western hemisphere. And I tell people, you don't have to go to Haiti because my week in Haiti is now for my soul. It's not about posting pictures of me on Facebook with my arms around a bunch of little kids. That's, oh, look how nice Gail is. That's not what Haiti is. When I'm home helping, I, I walked out today and my girlfriend, Catherine, from our Discover Newport, our Convention and Visitors Bureau, left a big box of canned goods. She knows from my birthday, I want Spam peanut butter, tuna fish, or sardines, or clean, brand new children's underwear. Mm-hmm. I haven't even opened the box yet. Mm-hmm. She texted me, box, your, your birthday box is at your door. <laughs> um, have to go to a Zoom meeting. Sorry, I couldn't wait. So she left it at my door of my office here. That to me, collecting things. And I also like photos of dead presidents. Do you know what that is? Cash? Yeah cash. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. Okay. But when I have friends with means, I'm like, don't worry about getting the canned goods. Just write a check to Haitian Health Foundation. Wow. So going to Haiti was like life altering. And I'm so grateful to wake up today. And I have these two eyes that work. I mean this from my heart. Mm. Some people are waking up today. They don't. These two hands work today. Yeah. My legs, my mind yeah. today. Yeah. So waking up, like that and remembering what we all have to be grateful for is a gift. Well, I think that's an incredible way of being able to end this conversation. You know, you continue to inspire so many people. You inspire me, you motivate me. You set an example for students, for customers, for friends. And um, we're just very grateful. I'm very grateful to be able to know you, to be able to spend some time talking to you and to continue to be a lifelong friend. If individuals would like to connect with you, would like to find out more about your book, how they can perhaps help some of the foundations and charities that you're involved with. Involved with. What is the best way to reach you? Um, Gail at gailspeaks.com. And it's G-A-I-L. Although some clients would argue it's G-A-L-E. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it is not Gail Force Wins. It's G-A-I-L at gailspeaks.com. And you know, I appreciate you. it. Yeah. And then if anyone would like to connect with you um, on LinkedIn, Gail, Lowney, L-O-W-N-E-Y, Alofsen, A-L-O-F-S-I-N. And I believe when you type in those three names, and it'll also be in the show notes, um, you are the only name that would pop up like that. Yeah, and they just have to say, I met you on Bart's podcast because no. I'm selective, like you are, about who I link in with. It's, no. I remember a client telling me, who you align yourself with is equally as important as who you don't align yourself with. And that carried me for many, it still carries me to today. Again, you get that Danger Will Robinson feel. All right, we'll talk forever. And it's me talking, so sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I want <laughs> to be respectful so of your time. No, this has been amazing. Again, you know, sharing stories about abundance and being grateful. Gail Olofsson, see, now I'm going to mess it up. Gail Olofsson, a phenomenal friend and a phenomenal person that does what most people don't do. Gail, thank you again. Thank you.